We're going to study tonight a pair of tshuvas, one by the Maharil, the great uh, pillar of Ashkenazi Halacha in the 15th century, and one by the one from the from the tshuvas Pnei Yeshua. The tshuvas Pnei Yeshua is a work that is often confused with the better-known sefer of his grandson, the Pnei Yeshua on Shas. They were two different people. The grandfather was grandfather was a 16th and 17th century figure, Rabbi Yeshua Heschel. He was the author of the Megine Shlomo, a sefer dedicated to resolving all the questions that Tosus raises against the Pshat of Rashi. That's his most uh, picturesque sefer. But his, his, his halachic work is the Tshuvas Pnei Yeshua, an important work of Shelos Tshuvas. So he was in the 16th and 17th century, 1578, approximately to 1648. His grandson sefer... His grandson was his grandson was Rav Yaakov Yeshua Falak, was seventeenth uh, and eighteenth century, sixteen eighty to seventeen fifty six. He was he authored the Pnei Yeshua on Shas, a little confusing sometimes. But the the tshuva we're going to do tonight, the second tshuva we're going to do tonight, is from the tshuva's Pnei Yeshua of the grandfather. They both deal with more or less the same question, conceptually the same question. And as I was preparing it, I realized that it actually bears a certain resemblance to what we discussed last week, albeit from a very different angle. The question they're discussing is that there is a custom, it's not clear whether it's a <coughs> biblical obligation, mitzvah say daraisa, rabbinic obligation, a minhag, to give maser, maser ksafim. The maser in the Torah the master of the Torah discusses was from produce, from agricultural produce. Master Dagan, Tirosh Vyitzar, Master Rishon, Master Shani, Master Ani. We don't do that. We, we in Chutzlar certainly don't do that, but we do Master Ksafim. There is a minog of longstanding provenance that we do, that we give Master Ksafim. We, we tithe, we give a tenth of our income to the poor. So the question that they deal with is, can a person fulfill other obligations that he has, other tzedakah obligations, obligations that are independent of Maser, can he satisfy them with Maser? Can he kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, and fulfill his Maser obligation and his other obligation with the same money? The Chuvas Maril, in Yana de Yoma, Dover Beito Matov, the Chuvas Maril is better known. It's brought by the Achronim on Shulchan Aruch. Maril was discussing paying Matanos Levyonim, fulfilling the mitzvah of Purim of Matanos Levyonim, with master money. The Tshuvas Pnei Yeshua was discussing something uh, a little different. He was discussing, they used to sell aliyahs and so on, kibudim, the way some shuls sell them today. Back then, it seems, the Minhag, the, the Pnei Yeshua, both, both grandfather and grandson, both of them, they lived and worked in various places in Poland and Germany. So it seems that the custom in the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua's time was that people were assessed, that they were required to make a, a certain minimum amount of contributions to buy a certain amount of mitzvahs yearly to support the community. They could choose, I guess, which mitzvahs they wanted to buy and when exactly, but just like today, sometimes when, when you... Uh, when you, you know, school, you have tuition, and you also have a building fund commitment, or a dinner commitment, or school tells you to buy scrip, and so on. So back then, the, the community raised money 
they would assess a they would assess a binding obligation. Communities had power back then; it wasn't just uh, moral suasion. Communities had uh, governmental power over over its members, over their members. So people in the community were assessed a binding assessment to buy a certain amount of certain cash amount of mitzvahs per year. And the question was again: Can a person satisfy that obligation by using master money? So conceptually, they're more or less the same question. A person has money that he wishes to, to give to fulfill the, the halacha or the custom of Maser, Maser Ksafim. A person has other tzedakah obligations, Matanis Levyonim, Manpurim, an obligation to the community that they assess a kind of tax or tzedakah on him. The question is, can he satisfy both obligations simultaneously with the same money? So we'll do the tshuva in the Maril first. Maril was asked this question. Can a person satisfy both obligations with, with the same money? She'elah. Im adam yotze mitzvah matanis levyonim b'mashinosin lehem mos shel maser. So, why yes, why not? So, Maril raises various arguments for and against. He says, well, they're anyway entitled to the maser. So, it's really their money. Aniyam are entitled to maser. So, lo yotze. Yinat yotze matanis levyonim b'mashinosin lehem mishalahem. You're giving them Matanis Levyonim money that's already theirs. So intuitively, that doesn't make sense. How can you fulfill the mitzvah of Matanis Levyonim is to give them tzedakah, give them money from you to them. This money's already theirs. It's still in your pocket, but it's really their money. Oh, Dilma, he says, maybe we don't need to get so analytical about it. Iker Takana Samchan. The Iker Takana is just to help instill joy in the poor. In Cain, so then the Avionim the don't care. If they get the money, they're happy. They don't start making uh, legalistic calculations about, well, this is really my money anyway. Who knows, which, who knows if he would have gotten it or if someone else would have gotten it. The Ani is happy when you give him a donation on Purim. So the, the whole point is shame smechim, but shame smechim. And therefore, maybe you can fulfill the mitzvah by giving them Matanis Levionim money. That's how he sets up the question. My real rules. You cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Matanis Levyonim by giving them master money. He says, Anias Daiti Nota, in my humble opinion, he says, the low nothing for most master, you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Matanis Levyonim. Some of the posts can bring this with regard to Mishloch Manas as well. You can't fulfill these mitzvahs with Matanis Le- with Master Ksafim. Why? So the, Mar- the Maril makes a very interesting argument. In the Sheela, the, the svara he gave was because it doesn't make sense from an accounting perspective. How can you fulfill a mitzvah to give them money, which money with money to which they're already entitled? It just doesn't make sense. But in the tshuva, he makes what seems to be a different argument. He says that since Matanis Lev Yonim is Takanta Drabanan, it's a Takanta, it's, a, it's rabbinic. The, the mitzvahs of Purim, of course, are not, uh, not among the Tarek mitzvahs. They're, they came in the story of Purim. They're rabbinic mitzvahs. But nevertheless, once it is a rabbinic obligation to donate Matanis Levyonim, it becomes Dover Shabachova, it becomes a mandatory binding obligation. Venimsa Zeparea in Masro, and what you're trying to do then is pay a binding obligation from Master money. He gets into a technical discussion about Tovas Hana, the person has the right to give Master to whomever he wants. Is that considered Mamon or Lav Mamon? That's a discussion in the Gemara. I'm not sure why that's relevant here. But the key principle he seems to invoke is the reason you can't fulfill the mitzvah matanis levyonim with master money is 
he the the girsa the the, the text of the tshuvas is, is somewhat uh, corrupt, but he seems to invoke the principle that we had in Dafyomi a little while back. The Gemara establish a, establishes a principle, anything which is any binding obligation, can only be brought from chulin, from ordinary, unencumbered money, which has no special halachic status. Maser money apparently is not chulin. And since Matanis Levyonim, after the Takana Drabanan is it must be fulfilled with chulin and not with maser money. That's the that's the argument Maril makes. Now we'll see in the we'll see in the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua that this is a somewhat uh, a somewhat debatable point. Is this really what the principle of Davar Shabachova in Abayalam and Achulin means? The Gemara is talking about Davar Shabachova in the sense of Karbanos, Karbanos that are binding obligations like Karban Chagiga uh, have to be Bam and Achulin. And when the Gemara says Chulin, it seems to mean as opposed to animals that have other kedusha on them that you that you already makdish them as a carbon. As a, as a donated carbon or Maser Sheni, which, which has halachic status, has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. The Maril's application of the principle of Dover Shabachova, Enabalim, Elman Achulin, is, as we'll see in detail in the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua, is highly debatable. But just taking the words at face value, he says the Gemara establishes a rule in Psachim, in Beitzah, in, in Menachas, in various places, that when you have a Dover Shabachova, when you have a binding mandatory obligation, the obligation can only be satisfied by ordinary money that's yours, free and clear, that's chulin. So the Maril assumes that most of Maser Ani, Maser Ani cash that you, that, that you designated as, that you designated as Maser Ksafim, Maser Ksafim, Maril certainly didn't have the agricultural Maser Ani in his time, in his place, but he means most of Maser Ksafim are not chulin apparently, and therefore they cannot be used for a Dover Shabachovah. Maril goes on a little further. He says, even though there were certain Rabbanim, he says, the Re Oppenheim, they allowed the, a person to provide for his father. His father needs food. The, the Marie Oppenheim said, a person can supply his father with food from, from most of uh, Master Ksafim. That's allowable, he says. So why, why is that any different? A person has an obligation to take care of his father. So he says, in principle, the Gemara in, the Gemara in Kedushin actually says that this would depend on whether this is this is Kibbutz Ames Mishal Av or Mishal Ben, whether the obligation of the son is to actually spend his own money on his father or simply to provide help and assistance to his father, but not but but only with his father's money, not to donate his own money to his father. So the the, the Maril explains that the Gemara says that the the Gemara does say. Tavo Meira, Misha Machlas Aviv from uh, from Tadaka. Even though a person can't, if you hold Kibrava Aim is Mishal is Mishal Av, the son is not required to spend his own money, then technically he's allowed to spend Tadaka money to support his father. However, Tavo Meira, the son should be accursed. It's uh, it's it's bad practice, it's uh, it's improper to support one's father from Tadaka money. Says the Maril, why? Because it's Gnaihulav, the Gemara says Zila Bamilsa. It's that the father feels ashamed and feels uh, it, it feels dis- it feels disgraced to have to be supported from tzedakah. So you shouldn't do that. But miikra din, at least insofar as kibbutz aim is Michel av, you'd be allowed to give uh, tzedakah money for that. But you shouldn't because it's disgraceful. It's not nice. Says the Maril, That's because it's not really davar shabachova. The Maril, Maril is not so clear, but he says that, again, similar to what he said about similar to what he said in the question of Matanis Levyonim, it's just so the father should have mizonos. 
he'll have the mazonos. Aval Hacha, he says, it's a takana v'chiyuva. Matanis levyonim is not some kind of general, general aspiration that the Aniyim should be happy. It's a takana and a chiyuva. It's something that is binding, binding upon you. It's a, it, it's a, it is a mandatory obligation that you have to give money to the Aniyim. It's alei ramya, lo nafik And therefore, that mitzvah can only be fulfilled by your own money and not by Master Ksafim, you have to give him your own money and not Master Ksafim. The Marilla goes on, and he, and he says, again, the, the Giris is not entirely clear, but in the last line of the Tshuva, he says, that goes for the Iker Matanis Levyonim you have to give, the basic amount, which is, again, not so clear in the postcom how much it is, but for the basic Matanis Levyonim, he says that you cannot give from Master. However, if you want to give them more, it's the, the, the Raman talks about it. it's a greater mitzvah to give Matanis Levyonim than, the, than, than, have a, than have a fancy suit on Purim. Helping Aniyim is always a greater mitzvah than indulging yourself. So the Maril says, to the extent that you want to give extra, extra money to Avyonim, of course, that, that certainly you can give from, from Master Ksafim. But the basic obligation the Chazal imposed upon you to give Matanis Levyonim to Aniyim, you cannot, you cannot fulfill that mitzvah with, with money of, uh, of Master Ksafim. That's the ruling of the Maril. This is brought by the Achronim and Shulchan Aruch, the Magen Avram, followed by the Mishnah Brewer. They bring this Maril, other sources as well. The Shulchan Aruch says you have to give Beis Matanas, you have to give two gifts to Anim. Says the Magen Avram, Mishalo, Velo Mishal Maser. Quotes the Shla, quotes the Maril. In Balahosif, he says, the Maril says, you want to give extra, you can give from Maser. But the basic obligation must be fulfilled from your own money, but not from, uh, not from Maser money. Mishnaburah paskins this way as well. Mishnaburah says that the, you have to give two matanas. Medina, two is enough. He says, Be'emes, he says, Mutav, to give more matanas levyonim than Suda and, and Mishlach Manas. The mitzvah of, of helping Aniyim is a greater mitzvah. It's, it's a more pressing mitzvah, he says. Quotes the famous language of the Rambam. Ein simcha gedola mufuara. There is no joy as great, as glorious, as to gladden the hearts of the poor, that's what God does. So certainly the greatest mitzvah is to uh, not limit yourself to the minimum matanos levyonim you should give as much as you can. And then the Mishnah Brewer says, the basic minimum, the, the, the threshold obligation, you have to give your own money. But any extra that you give, Shemosef, you can give out of Maser. In practice, then, this Maril is not such a, uh, is, not, is, is not so significant because Postkim, again, Postkim have different amounts for how much Matanis Levyonim is, but it's not a huge amount of money. It's a few dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars. It, it, it's not going to be a tremendous amount of money. So certainly, once you get past the first ten, twenty, thirty dollars, whatever it is, then certainly the rest can be from the rest can be from Master Ksafim. But the principle is the Maril tells us that because of Davar Shemachova in Abayalam and Achulin, perhaps for other reasons, you cannot you cannot satisfy both obligations with the same money. You have to give separate money for for Matanis Levyonim and separate money for Master Ksafim. The Chuvas Pnei Yeshua has a somewhat longer Chuva, a much more detailed and intricately argued Chuva. He doesn't acknowledge the Maril. He actually discusses a Maril later in the Tshuva, although I think it's a different passage in the Maril. He doesn't tell you exactly what he says, but it seems to be referring to something else in the Maril. 
he arrives at a diametrically opposite conclusion to that of the Maril, however. We mentioned earlier his question was not about Matanis Levionim, his question was about donations that were basically demanded by the community. The community imposed binding obligations upon its members to buy a certain minimum of mitzvahs, which are essentially demand for a certain amount of tzedakah from the members of the community. So the question of the Tshuvas Pnei Yeshua again was, can you satisfy that with Maser? And he basically says, absolutely. He says, the question came from a Gon Echad, who he speaks to with uh, a good deal of respect. He says, the question was, I'm not sure exactly what Sigan is, but Shar Mitzvah, he says, in a place where there is a, there is a regulation in the city, Everyone has a certain amount, he's assessed, based on his income, based on his assets, to buy a certain amount of mitzvahs, can he satisfy these obligations from Mo's master? So, the Tshuvah's Pnei Yeshua's correspondent apparently made the argument of Maril. To the Gemara Chagiga, the Gemara M'sachim, which seems to be the Maril's Crucial raya for his question. Says the Tuvas Pnei Yeshua, Vani Tama. I'm baffled by this, he says. Eza derech terasso. What are you thinking, he says. You're, you're, you're applying this principle. This, has, this is completely, uh, completely wrong, this analogy. He says, Ladamas dover din karbanas, he says. Mikra. So the Tuvas Pnei Yeshua is going to attack this idea of the Maril on two grounds. The, the principle has two parts. Dover Shebechova, something that falls into the category of Dover Shebechova, Eina Ba'elem Achulin, it has to come from Chulin. The, the Tshuvah's Pnei Yeshua is going to argue obligations to the community, Atanas Labionim as well probably, are not considered Dover Shebechova, and Master Ksafim is not considered other than Chulin. So first he attacks the first half of the analogy. You think that communal obligations are called Dover Shebechova? Absolutely not, he says. Whenever the Gemara invokes this principle of Dover Shebechova in a Ba'alam and Achulan, the Gemara is talking about Karbanos, the Gemara is talking about Chagiga, other Karbanos. The, Gemara, the, the principle is always expressed in the context of Karbanos. Karban, some Karbanos are Chova, some Karbanos are Rishus. Karbanos that are Chova have to be Ba'alam and Achulan. The Gemara nowhere extends this principle past Karbanos. The, the, the whole drush of the Gemara, the, the Gemara Darshan's Vizavachta Pesach Lashem Tzonu Bakar, that the Pesach has to be brought from Tzon and Bakr, from sheep and cattle. The Gemara has a drasha, called Dover HaBam and Tzon and Bakr, Yei Doma Pesach, and Pesach has to be Ba Min HaChulin. So anything which is Ba Mitzon and Bakr, any other carbon which is Chova and, is, and come and is brought from Tzon and Bakr, has to be, is Doma LePesach, that it cannot be brought from anything other than Chulin. What does it have to do with Tzedakah? Tzedakah is not Dover HaBam and Tzon and Bakr. Dover HaBam and Tzon Bakr is a way of saying carbon. What does it have to do with tzedakah? And the, the Maril goes on for a while trying to prove this point from the details of the, of the Talmudic discussion. The Tshuvah's Pnei Yeshua goes on for a while trying to prove this point by a careful reading of the passages in the Talmud, by quoting the Rishonim, that, that the Rishonim even debate, what, even discuss what kind of karbanas are included in this category. But certainly the Tshuvah's Pnei Yeshua says there is no basis at all for extending this principle to any other kind of Dover Shebechova beyond karban, it's a, it's a narrow, specific rule, a halachin karbanos, that karbanos chova has to be ba 
min ha min achulin. This has nothing to do with other types of obligations like communal assessments, presumably like matanis levyonim. So the whole principle, bismanazeh, we don't have karbanos, this whole principle is completely of no relevance to anything in the modern era. First argument of the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua. Second argument of the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua, even if it is a carbon, even if we're talking about a carbon, even if we'll say that the, these chiyuvim, atanis levyonim, communal assessments, are like karbanos. We'll say karbanos is lav dafke, it applies to any davr shabachova. But maser, maser ksafim, modern maser ksafim, is not excluded from the, uh, is not excluded under the rule of Enabayla Menachulam. He says, Master Shalanu. He says, Our Master is Chulan Gomer. Our Master, our Tzedakah, has the status of Chulan. The, the opposite of Chulan was a status that certain types of foods and other things would have in the time of Chazal. Karbanos are not Chulan. Certain types of Master are not Chulan. The certain types of Kedusha, certain types of uh, halachic status that applies to foods and animals in the time of the Mikdash and so on. Those types of status mean that the thing is not chulin. But Maser Ksafim, it's ordinary cash. It has no special Kedusha. And he, he approaches this point from a number of angles. First he quotes a rush. He says, the rush says, there's a principle that when a person makes a promise to Hektish, we say, Ami Rasul Gavah, The mere verbal declaration to give something to Hektish is binding even though normally you need a Kenyan, you need something uh, more, more substantial to, to uh, bind yourself to the commitments. When it comes to Hektish, is a special rule, Amirasul Gavah, Kamisi Rasul Lehedyot. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and also the, that, that normally you have to verbalize things. He may be referring to another din, and normally you have to verbalize a commitment, but in certain contexts of Hektish, we say Gomar Belibo, even if you internally, mentally make a commitment that's binding. So the rush is discussing whether gomar belibo litein tzedakah. If a person has, if a person has internally a, he thinks a commitment to, uh, in his heart, in his head, to give tzedakah, do we say that, well, if it's hectish, that would have the status of a neder, that would be binding, you'd have to do it. Do we say tzedakah has the same status? So the rush says, no. Chulun mi kadshim lo yalfinan. Chulun doesn't have the same halacha as kadshim, even though tzedakah is a mitzvah, it's, it's chulun, it's not kadshim. The Ha'idna, the Rush says, Kol Hektish Yeshlo Din Chulun. Our Hekteshos, our donations to shuls and so on, Taniim, are called Chulun. The Pnei Yeshua here is touching on a, a point of great confusion, which he's going to discuss more in a moment, that there was a custom, it's less common today, at least in the Ashkenazic world, but there was a custom for hundreds of years, Jews used to call donations to the shul, to Aniim, they used to call that Hektish. It's something of a misnomer, because when you learn Gemara, the Gemara makes it clear that hektish has a very specific halachic meaning. It means there are different kinds of hektish, kedushas karbon, kedusha to the bedekabayas, to the temple treasury, but hektish has a concrete and formal meaning. But however it happened, for centuries, Jews, particularly in Sephardic cultures, used to use the term hektish to, to refer to money that was given for mitzvah purposes, communal purposes, for charity, they used to call that hektish. So the poskim, in, in a variety of different contexts, some of which the, the Pnei Yeshua is going to bring, discuss whether, is, is, that, is that a halakhically meaningful statement? Do we actually apply the dinam of hektish to our tzedakah? Or is it just a misuse of the word, or just a loose, a loose use of the word, and our tzedakah has nothing to do with hektish? So the Chuvah's Pnei Yeshua, first he brings the rush, that when it comes to internal declarations, mental declarations, 
We don't treat uh, tzedakah like hektish, even though we call it hektish, he says, but ha'idna kal hektish, our hektish is treated like chulen. There is a dissenting view that Pnei Yeshua says. There are those who say that with our tzedakah, we do treat like hektish, and we do say that even a, an unspoken, internally uh, intended declaration is binding. That's Lenin Gamar Belibo, he says. In this particular point, we treat tzedakah like Nadarim and Adavas, like Nedar, he says. But in general, he says, we do not treat, the, we do not treat our tzedakah like hektish. This is the generally accepted position of the Achronim when it comes to other contexts like the laws of Arnaud, certain types of halachas of fraud, other halachas of shomrim, of, of custodianship, where there are certain halachas that, in which hektish is treated differently from, from, from chulun, from non-hektish. So postkim generally assume that, that tzedakah is treated like chulun. They even know, again, they used to use the term hektish to, to refer to tzedakah, that's just a loose and imprecise use of the term. It is not hektish. It doesn't have the status of hektish. And in general, the Risharim and Akronim hold, like the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua here, that our tzedakah is not hektish in any meaningful halachic sense of the word. It's tzedakah. We call it hektish because it's holy. It's a mitzvah, I guess. But it's not actually hektish, and it doesn't have any of the halachas of hektish. There are some dissenting views. There are some postkim who do occasionally apply some of the halachas of hektish to tzedakah. But in general, the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua is is in line with the consensus view that our tzedakah is chulun gemurin, it does not have the status of hektish. Therefore, the Tshuva's Pnei Yeshua says, v'im kein, kevan de tzedakah havi chulun, since our tzedakah, our master ksafim is chulun, it's not considered kodesh in any real sense. So man lemon lamavinim and a Even if we would accept that, that matanis levyonim, that communal assessments are davrish b'chova, and they have to be bamen achulun, but our master ksafim is chulun. So why can't you bring that, he says. I, have, I don't have an absolutely compelling proof, he says to this, but I have a zechel adover. I have an interesting argument that supports this, my, my position, even though it doesn't actually prove it. So he brings a very interesting argument. He says, the ultimate source of the drasha, the dover shebuchova, in a bayalim and achulun, other karbanos are learned from karban pesach. How do you know karban pesach has to be brought from chulun? So the Gemara says, we learn Pesach in general, modern current Pesach, in the time of Chazal, in the time of the Temple, we learn it from Pesach Mitzrayim, from the first Pesach that was brought when the Jews left Egypt. How do we know that Pesach was, uh, was not brought from, from Kodesh? Because there was no Kodesh back then. They, they didn't have the Temple, they, they, they didn't have Maser, they, they, they weren't growing crops, those halachas weren't, weren't given yet. They didn't have any other hektish. So anything they, anything they used to make a current Pesach back then would have been Chulun. So that's the source for the idea that Dover Shabachova has to be Ba Min HaChulun. The Gemara says, Rabbi Kiva says, not a very persuasive argument. Back then it was the Efsher. That'd be exactly as we said. How do you know, how do you know that there was no, that it wasn't brought from Kachim? Because there were no Kachim back then. There was no Master back then. That's why they brought it from Chulun. But as Manazel, we have Master. Maybe you could bring it from Master. So Rabbi Kiva debates, the, the, challenges this argument. I'll call upon him, the Gemara assumes that there was, that, that the carbon Pesach, the original carbon Pesach, was not brought from Kodesh, because there was no Kodesh. And it's Yefshir, and that's why we can debate whether that's a valid source for a, for a general prohibition on bringing Karbanos from Kodesh. Says the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua, really? There's no possibility that the carbon Pesach was brought from non-Hulan, from Kodesh? The Jews surely had tzedakah money. 
They might not have had the laws of Truma and Maser. They might not have had other types of Karbanas, but Tzedakah they certainly could give. The, the, the whole source of Maser Ksafim is learned from Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu, he promised to God that if Hashem would help him, he said, Aser Asrenu, everything you give me, I'll tithe, I'll give you a tenth. So Maser goes back to Yaakov Avinu. So Jews are always generous. Jews are Rachmanim and Gomle Chasadim. Why shouldn't we assume that they had Maser money? So who said the Pesach wasn't brought from Maser? And if it wasn't, why are we calling that Efsher? So if, if Maser, if our Maser, if Maser Ksafim, if charity funds are not considered Chulin, the whole Gemara doesn't make sense. Who told, who told the Gemara the Pesach Mitzrayim was only brought from Chulin? And if it wasn't, why is that called the Efsher? They had Tzedakah money. It must be the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua says, Tzedakah money, Maser money is not considered Kodesh, it's considered Chulin Gemurin. And that's why, that's why Pesach couldn't have been brought with any kind of Kodesh, because there was no Kodesh. They had Tzedakah shortly, but that was Chulin. And Maser and Kodesh they didn't have. So, that's a, so this supports the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua's contention that our Maser is not considered Kodesh, and therefore even a carbon could be brought from our Maser Ksafim, and certainly communal assessments, which are not even called Darvish Bechova. So on two grounds, there's not, the principle of Darvish Bechova, Eina Ba'alam and Achulin, does not tell you that you cannot bring Matanus Levyonim or communal assessments from Maser money. He goes on, and, he sa- and then he says, Avol Be'emes, Plia Be'enai. The whole thing, he says, I'm completely, besides stepping back from all these technical arguments from Shas, from Poskin, stepping back from all these formal technical arguments, he says. The very idea, your, your idea that, that intuitively, that, that you think it's reasonable that you can't fulfill, you can't fulfill the, you can't satisfy a communal assessment from, from Master Money, he says, that doesn't make any sense at all, he says. He says, a person has to give tzedakah, and tzedakah is not even a generally a binding obligation. There's a bare minimum you have to give, he says. The Gemara says, if a person doesn't give a chati shekel all year, that's, uh, that you're not Micaiah in the midst of tzedakah properly. But half a shekel, and you're done. And more than that, we don't force you to give. Mitzvah is to give maser. It's an ideal, he says. It's nice. It's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do to give maser. And that's Mechu Akra from Yaakov. We learn from Yaakov, Asera Asrenu. But it's not a binding, rigorous, halachic obligation. And he says, If it will be an actual chiyuv, like the agricultural master, then he understands. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense to try to satisfy two distinct obligations with the same money. It's not an obligation at all. It's just, uh, it's just guidance. It's just recommended. A person should be generous enough that he gives master, he says. So once a person gave tzedakah money to the community, that's tzedakah, he says, There is no further obligation to give maeser. If the amount you gave to the community was equal to maeser, then you're done. That's all you have to give, he says. And if not, if the, if the communal assessment was only half of your maeser, so give the other half and fulfill the, the mitzvah of giving maeser, he says. But why on earth should we tell you to give maeser two times, once to the community and once separately? It's not a binding obligation. It's not like maeser sheni or maeser ani, he says, the, the agricultural maeseros, that the Torah mandates, he says, those type of chiyuvim, a person has to give from his garin, and if a person then has another neder to give other tzedakah, then we would say that you can't be pareh chovo So he basically concedes the point that there is a principle that a person cannot be pareh chovo from maser. However, he says that the, this, is, this is not real maser. This is just a, a recommendation that a person should be generous enough to give 
to give up to a tenth of his money, he says. And once a person does that by giving to tzedakah to the community, why should he have to give anything more? He feels this is obvious that Meiser is not a, uh, is not a binding, rigorous obligation. It's just guidance as to how much tzedakah a person should give. And therefore, it doesn't make sense at all that a person is, has any further obligation once he satisfies the giving a full tenth of his income to various tzedakahs, even if some of them are binding obligations from other perspectives. Klala de Milsa, Bahanaktina, Bahasalkina. This is this is the Maskana. This is clear, he says, that the making a shile out of this, even asking this question, raising this issue, he says, is a waste of time. Tarach Bachinam, to compare our Meiser to the Meiser Daraisi, he says, our Meiser is only a minhag, he says, and therefore uh, I'm not even gonna bother responding, he says, to the rest of your chuva, because the it, the point is sufficiently clear. He says, furthermore, he makes an interesting point, he says, a point made often by Ashkenazic Poskim in particular, he says, Gamba Milsa de Lobrera Begemaruva Poskim, matters that are not clear in Gemara and Poskim. They aren't clear halacha, kiyam minhag, they're extra Talmudic, they're only minhag. It's difficult for a Poskim to discuss these from a halachic perspective. Ein daiti li kanes bovia pilpul, bimafalpul on something which doesn't have clear Talmudic roots, like Maeser Ksafim is something that he's reluctant to do. Anyway, look at the minog, he says. The minog is that people, I guess, do this. People use their miser money for other types of obligations. And then he, and then he says, Please, he says, do me the courtesy. I hope I'm not troubling you too much, but please read my chuvas very carefully, the way I read your chuvas carefully. I, maybe he felt the other person wasn't listening to him, wasn't, uh, wasn't fully engaging his responses. Anyway, he says, this is, my, this is my opinion. He wishes him well. And he says, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with, with using master money to pay other, op- pay other obligations, other tzedakah obligations. Now, as we've seen, his, his ba- he basically makes two or three primary points. His first two points are that if you're trying to apply the formal principle, which Maril applies, of Dover Shebuchova in Abayalam that fails on two counts. First of all, communal assessments, modern types of tzedakah obligations are not Dover Shebuchova. Dover Shebuchova is a narrow category that's limited to Karbanos, doesn't apply to our types of obligations incumbent on a person. Second, the rule only applies to things that are not chulen, to satisfying Dover Shebuchova with things that are not chulen. Master Ksafin money is absolutely chulen, and therefore there's nothing wrong with using it to fulfill an obligation. His third point is, stepping back from the technical arguments, his third point is that misvara, it, it doesn't make any sense to him that a person should have to pay miser plus other tzedakahs. And the reason he gives, even though that would be true, if we're talking about miser daraisi, he says, miser of Dagon, miser rishon, miser sheni, miser ani, that would be true. If a person had a binding obligation and wanted to satisfy that with most miser, real miser of the Torah, he couldn't do that because you can't be pareh chovo from miser. That the Pneshua concedes. However, he says... Our Meister is only a minhag, it's not a binding obligation. He doesn't even want to discuss it because it doesn't really have clear Talmudic roots. It's just a minhag, and it's not, doesn't have a clear Talmudic source. Certainly, since it's not a real obligation, we don't have the principle of uh, you can't be Pareh for Meister. And in terms of the, the ethical obligation to, to, to give Meister, again, that, that once you've given an amount equal to Meister, that's enough. Two, so two formal obligations, you couldn't satisfy two formal binding obligations with the same money. But just to fulfill the ethical minagamaiser, that's fine if the money you're giving to other forms of tzedakah is, reaches the level of maiser, that's fine, and you have no further obligation incumbent upon you. 
So just to, so these are the two tshuvas I wanted to see. Just to just to give a little background on on this last point of the tshuvas praying Yeshua, he concedes that you cannot satisfy, even though he doesn't accept the principle of Davar Shebechove in Abalam and that's a narrow principle limited to Karbanos and Kodesh, nothing to do with uh, Tadakar questions, but he does concede the principle that you can't be Pareh Chovo for Meiser. However, he says that only applies to real Meiser, not to our Minhag of Meiser Ksafim. So just to discuss this, this, this last principle of you can't be Pareh Chovo for Meiser, so the source of this is a Tosefta. The Tosefta says, Meiser Ani, you can't pay a debt with Meiser Ani. You can't pay Gmulim. You can't be Podin Shvuyim. Exactly what Gmulim are is not so clear, but you can't even do Pidin Shvuyim with it. The Shach explains because Pidin Shvuyim is a binding obligation. Even though it's a mitzvah obligation, it's a binding mitzvah. There's an obligation to be Podin Shvuyim. So the Shach says that, the, that that's, that's like Pareh Chovo. You can't be Pareh Chovo of Rishus. You can't be Pareh Chovo of Mitzvah. So there is clearly a rule you can't be Pareh Chovo for Meiser, whether it's a Chov of mitzvah, chov of rishos, any kind of chov, you cannot satisfy that with meiser. And the Tosefta goes on. It says, it says further, the Tosefta says, that ain't no semen and dover You can't use meiser to give tzedakah. You can't even do that, because meiser is a binding obligation. You can't use it for pidyon shvuyim, for tzedakah, or for, for a chov, for any type of obligation. This is that last principle that the Pnei Yeshua conceded, that there is a rule that when, at least when it comes to real meiser, we say that a person can fulfill binding obligations even binding obligations of mitzvah with Meiser. Rambam brings these rules. Meiser Ani, Ein Parmenu Milve, you can't, Ein Podin Boshvuyim, Ein Nosmenu Davrlut Tzedakah. Rambam brings these rules, the Tur brings these rules, Shulchan Aruch leaves it out, but the, but the Tosefta, the Rambam and the Tur, bring these rules with regard to Meiser Ani. Now, none of these early sources apply this to Meiser Ksafim. They're talking about Maiserani. Maiserani was one of the biblical Maisers that you give from agricultural produce in Eretz Yisrael. And they all established this rule that we don't give, that we don't give tzedakah, we don't give, we don't pay debts, we don't be podeshvuyim with the Maseros of, of grain. Maser, agricultural Maser in the time where you have an actual Chiyuv of Maiser. The, what does it mean you don't pay tzedakah for Meiser? Of course you pay tzedakah for Meiser. That's what Meiser is for. You give it to tzedakah. Meiserani, at least, that's what it's for. Beis Yosef says it means if you have a separate assessment of tzedakah, like in the case of the Pnei Yeshua, you can't satisfy that with Meiserani. If the community assessed tzedakah on you, you have a binding obligation. That's the same rule we've been discussing. Even the Jewish Pnei Yeshua agrees that you can't be, you can't be pareh chovo, even a chov of tzedakah with most of Meiser. So Meiserani cannot be used Maiserani cannot be used for the Maiserani cannot be used to pay a chov of tzedakah. So now the question is: That's all these kadmonim are talking about. Again, real Maiser, Maiser of grain. What about our Maiser, Maiser of tzafim, the Maiser that we take off in uh, in Chutzlart? So this is a major machlokus among the Achronim. We already mentioned that the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua says, of course, it doesn't apply to Maiser tzafim. It only applies to real Meiser, Meiser, which is a binding obligation. Our Meiser is only a minhag, is only an ethical recommendation. Of course, that, that Meiser can be used to satisfy binding assessments. That is the position of the Bach as well. The Bach, in his commentary to the Torah, the Bach says, That's a mitzvah Agricultural Meiser is a mitzvah You can't use it to satisfy other obligations, even other obligations of tzedakah. 
Aval Masha Adam, Maaser, Masha Raviach, Masu Matan, at what we call Maaser, Maaser Ksafim, Usharavachim, Eno Bechlalze, that is not included in this rule of being Perechovo of Maaser, and you're allowed to use Maaser to satisfy Tadaka assessments and Pidyan Shvuyim, because it's not a Chiyuv, Lomerna Torah, Velomid Rabbanan. So the Bach, like the Pnei Yeshua, says Maaser is not an actual Chiyuv, it's a Minhag, it's an ethical recommendation, it's a Dover Tov, it's not actually a Chiyuv. And therefore the Bach says exactly the same thing as the Pnei Yeshua, that anything which is an actual chiyuv cannot be used to satisfy other chiyuvim. You can't use the same money to satisfy two separate chiyuvim. However, something like Maeser Ksafim, they say, that's not an actual chiyuv, not Menatara, not Medrabanan. It's just a, a, a Dover Tov, a good thing to do. So that kind of money can be used to satisfy chiyuvim of Tzedakah. The Taz disagrees. The Taz brings this halacha of the Kadmonim that with Rishonim, that, we, that, that you can't use Maserani to satisfy a chiyuv, a, a chiyuv mitzad acher. The Taz says, Nired yesh ladamos maser shemafrishim in a revach, mamon ladin maserani shal peris. Just the opposite. I think that you can, it is possible to compare maser of ksafim to the maser of agricultural produce. The Bach says, not like that. My, my father-in-law, he says, the Bach, Mori Chamizal Kosav, that Maser of Maman Shalanu, Maser Ksafim, is not a Chiyiv, Lomad Torah, Lomad Rabbanan. Says it Taz, oh yes it is, it absolutely is. It's a, it's a Chiyiv Gamarhu. So that's a major discussion, that's a major Machlokas, Haposkim, uh, whether, whether Maser actually is a Chiyiv, whether it's a Chiyiv Daraisa, a Chiyiv Rabbanan, or only a Minhag, only a, only, uh, only a recommended ideal. Many poskim, perhaps most poskim, actually do adopt the, the position of the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua and the Bach, that it's only a minhag, it's only a minhag, and according to that, the, the, they poskim that it would be possible to satisfy other tzedakah obligations with Maser. However, poskim, it, it's a complicated discussion. Once a person already began, began a minhag to take off Maser, it may become an actual binding obligation. So the Halach here in, in the gener- for all these general questions, is beyond the scope of our share tonight. I'll call upon him. We do have something of, of, an, of an anomaly, something of an interesting situation, Allah Chalamaisa. On the one hand, we have the Bach, we have the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua, we have a number of Akronim who say Maser is not an actual Chiyuv, and the Pnei Yeshua assumes that if that's the case, one is allowed to use Maser money to satisfy pre-existing Chiyuvim for Tzedakah, such as communal assessments, and according to the Chuvas Pnei Yeshua, it would seem that a person might very well be able to fulfill the mitzvah of Matanus Levionim with money of Maser. However, the poskim don't pass him like that, despite the fact that many poskim do accept the Pnei Yeshua's basic point that Maser is not a chiyuv. Nevertheless, the, the, the mainstream poskim, the Magen Avram, the Mishnah Bura, Paskin like the Maril, another, 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 another poskim, that you're not allowed to fulfill the mitzvah of Matanus Levionim with Maser money. Is that because they held that we were choshish for the Shita that Maser is a chiyuv, is that because of the Maril's argument that, that, that we have the other principle of Dover Shabachova in Abalam and Achulin? Again, Dover Shabachova El and Achulin, the Pnei Yeshua makes some pretty compelling arguments that that should not apply to using Maser Ksafim to satisfy a Chiyuv of Tzedakah. But that is what the Maril said. So it's not exactly clear why the Maril's position is accepted as Halachalamaisa by the later Poskim, but it is. Halachalamaisa, up to the Mishnabrura, we follow the view that you cannot fulfill the Chiyuv of of Matanus Levionim with Maser money. With regard to the general question of what is Maser, many posts can follow the Pnei Yeshua and the Bach, that it's not actually a Chiyuv, it's just a Minhag, 
The Pneshua says, therefore, you, that would be another argument, that would be a, a, a fundamental reason why you could pay other tzedakah obligations with, with Maser, with Maser Ksafin money, but in that, it seems that we don't pass like him.